Good morning. You're listening to My Rapids Real Estate Show on AM 1320 WFHR, your weekly radio show focusing on real estate, the market, and everything related to housing in central Wisconsin. licensed assistant, along with my my husband as well, too. And you are our primary agent with our happy little humble team yeah. here. It we're with Coldwell Bankers, Seward Realtors here in Wisconsin Rapids. Yes, and we were just discussing our, our garden of all the great joys that we are excited about. I think only one row of seeds did not come up, which is kind of weird that the whole entire package didn't come up. Yeah, because you planted that out the same packet. Right. So. Uh, and it was weird. the same day, so it's not like I switched it and did it a late planting. It was all planted on the same day, and for some reason, we have a vacant row. Who knows? Maybe something will come up. I don't know. I think we got one that popped up on that row. Yeah, and, and that's and, even and questionable at best. So now, what type of vegetable or fruit is planted in that row? You know, that's a very good question. and. It's going to be one of those those answers of you should map out your your planter box because if you're going to be doing planter boxes for for things, um, it's always best to have that map. But if you don't map it out and you just randomly buy seeds and you put it on the ground and you do the I will remember, yeah, you're not going to remember. So we're going to find out when we pick it. Exactly. I, I'm not even sure what you had to select from in the first place? No, because when we planted everything that we got, which I don't remember the first grouping of seeds that I got, um, we went back because we found out we had one full planter box empty. And so it was just kind of like randomly grabbing seeds. So it's, it's going to be an interesting fall to see what we actually are going to get. So now for our listeners, if you want to interact with us a little bit, um, we do post quite a bit on the Facebook of, about, you know, the garden escapades. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to send us photos or questions, comments, you can email us at myrapidsradio at gmail.com. You know, and go ahead, show us, show off what your garden is doing and kind of let's get excited about gardening for this year. Right. I know we had a, a thought process kind of going on last year. A pandemic happened. You know, we had sort of a, a scare at the beginning of the year with the toilet paper and a lot of supplies were running out. Mm-hmm. Um, that also kind of fed off of 2019, having the derecho come through in July. Really, a lot of food stock in the grocery store only lasts a couple of days. Right. It's amazing how much you really need to have that two-month supply stocked up in a home. So now that we moved into our new home, we're kind of getting back into a stock of things. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this a little bit before, but it's, you know, the garden is a a good component of it. Right. And it's always fun. I mean, we eat a lot of chips and salsa, so it's always really great just to make that home homemade salsa the way we like it. So that way we can do that and we can always go downstairs, just grab a jar and we can have our chips and salsa. And then you can accommodate dietary requirements as needed. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's a lot of good benefits. Right. Now, we like the garden. It feels good. It's got a, a good, wholesome, down-to-earth sort of thing going for it. But what do you not like about gardening? What's the downside to gardening? Animals like to eat the eat everything before we get a chance. Those pesky little little, little vermin. Is that the one? Or, I mean, it definitely isn't the weeding because now that the we've got the raised gardens and weeding, we can kind of tackle a little bit easier. Because we don't have to sit on the ground and and decide whether or not this is a weed or a plant. So, I mean, I don't say weeding is like the downside. I think it's the little animals who decide to munch through things before we get a chance to. So this time around with this new house, we chose raised garden beds. Mm -hmm. And those were kind of the things that we talked about. How can we keep the animals out of it easily? Well, first of all, raising it off the ground helps. And then it's also easy to attach like posts or something 
to the garden box and we can do fencing around it pretty we easily. We had to do that for our carrots because... Yeah, rascally well, rabbits. Either that... Well, I've yet to see a deer in our yard, so I don't know if there's deer here, but... They were in the neighbor's yard. Right. There was a little cute little fawn in the neighbor's yard, but just not in ours. And um, the other part is usually weeding. Mm-hmm. And it's... What, what I've found is the mentality of there is so much to weed because your garden is maybe bigger than what you expected it to be. Or you then spaced out the rows so much that there's so much space in between the rows that you have a lot of weeding to do. Mm-hmm. But really like the, uh, the raised beds, it's helped because we just weeded once or twice pretty much. And then the plants have gotten so big that they overpowered the weeds. They've overshadowed them. Right. Um, the third part is usually about the harvest. And it can be mentally overwhelming to look at, you know, a, a quarter acre of garden bed like we had started at the other house. Well, I'm thinking of my first one that I had. I think it was a three-stall garage, maybe possibly four, and we had 72 tomato plants. And picking two bushels of tomatoes a day. Um, that was a lot. That was a lot of tomatoes. And then what do you do with them? Uh, you take them down to grandma's house and smile really pretty. And say, can you can these for me? And she does. So it gave grandma something to do. Right. So, you know, people who work full time and they don't have a lot of time to devote to a garden, but still want to be, you know, in that as a hobby and, you know, supplement their food intake. I always say you start with jams and jellies so sure. that we can kind of get the idea of, of what you're doing and go kind of from there and, you know, pick one thing and learn about that, make that and just kind of see how it works for you and then slowly add to that so that way you can say, okay, you know what, if I plant 12 tomato plants, this is how much tomato sauce I roughly I'm going to get. Or if I do, you know, cucumbers and make my own pickles. Sometimes it gets a little overwhelming where you now have 42 jars of pickles. Might be more pickles than what you could eat in a year, but that's how you make friends. And you just kind of go, and here's a jar of pickles for Christmas. So it's how much time you want to put into things. And you'll always find friends when you have food to give. Oh, yes. That's why uh, rhubarb is so very popular. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you're smart, you just don't cut off a couple stems of rhubarb, you actually split a plant and say, here, have half of a plant to make your own rhubarbs. I do kind of miss our rhubarb plants. The ones that we happen to have here in the lot were kind of small. Mm-hmm. So not sure how, whether it's the type of soil that, that it's in over there, the pH balance might not be quite right for them, but rhubarb should usually grow in pretty much anything. Right. And this one is just not really growing very well. So, so it may be time to dig them up and go make some new friends. Maybe, or find friends that we had made and Ask get for our plants back. Right? Can you split <laughs> some plants and and get it back to us? It's hilarious. All right. So, what do we have for our stage style of blog? I feel like I'm missing a word in there. Styled, staged, and sold. I forgot the sold part. Because you got to pick a style. You got to stage it to that style to get it sold. To get it sold. Very good. All right. So, what do we got? So our, our normal contributor um, from the National Association of Realtors, Melissa Dittman-Tracy. Okay. Okay. Um, don't worry, I'll show you in a minute. Just okay. let me bring it up here first. So this week's blog is the Pandemic Makeover. Okay. Okay. We, we've discovered that our lifestyles are slightly different now that a lot of places understand their employees can work from home. Mm-hmm. And still be productive. And we're moving out of the office space environment. So I've got some comrades who work down in Madison at the uh, Department of Transportation State Building, mm-hmm. which they just built a new state office building in Madison. Uh, the, the old one had to be, I mean, it was bad. It was wasteful energy and it was just bad. So that was new in 2017, 2018. Okay. 
so they got used to being in their office space and having it set up and, you know, whatever cubicles or where the windows were, all that, all that jazz. And then last year, everyone was told to go home. There are some essential people that have to be in certain places just because of customer service and all that stuff. So now I'm thinking, oh my goodness, are they going to be back? Are they going to be back in the office? We still have some lenders in the area who are only allowed in the building one day out of the week. Right. The other four days, they're working from home. And we're, we're seeing that as well in this instance that I'm, I'm speaking of, is that there are programs now that even the, the state government is putting in place saying certain jobs, if you meet certain criteria, yeah, you can work from home sometime. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still requirements to be in the office because there are things that are way more efficient as far as teamwork, you know, just being in the same room with other people, you, you get all that. Right. So transform your home through this pandemic experience. Okay, so see how interior designer Esther Dorman transformed an 80-year-old home in Pittsburgh into a contemporary, luxurious space. So the blog goes through and shows some of the um, spaces. That I do I, like the whole entire stove underneath the basement stairwell. Oh, yeah, you like that? Or is that a washer? Uh, that would be a washer. Okay. It looks like a stove from this distance, but so we've seen basement kitchens before, so. Yeah, the, the canning the kitchen. The canning kitchen was always in the basement, so, I mean, it, it could be, okay, but this is the washer and this is the washer. Right. And now there are a number of homes, even here in Wisconsin Rapids, that are 100 years old. Right. So, you know, getting creative on how to fix them up, especially with the work-at-home environments and whatnot. So the exterior having the... Uh, the metal awning? The metal awnings, right? That was definitely a look. I think it really kind of tried to fit in in the 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was practical. Yeah. You, know, you, you notice the shade that's under the windows. So if you don't have shade trees around, the metal awnings provide that. Um, the next time we talk with the HVAC uh, person, we're going to have to kind of delve into how houses hold on to heat. You know, it's quite an interesting topic. The um, the siding that's been replaced a couple of times. Yeah. And then depending upon how far back do you go, because some people... Some homeowners, they just put the new siding right over the top of the old siding. They don't peel it off. So when you start to look at that and you start to change out windows, next thing you know, you realize that you have two layers of siding. You've got the new one, the semi-old one, and then the super old one. Right. Then understanding construction techniques, um, especially looking at the lath and plaster interiors, Mm -hmm. the lath actually provided some structural support. Yeah. It kept things sort of together. Um, and also how walls were inserted and floors built on top of this, that, the other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas our current construction method is more of the balloon framing method. You know, we'll put up an exterior and then we'll build the interior after that. Right. But the exterior can support itself. Not so much a hundred years ago. No, no, things were done very differently. Uh, two by four was actually two inches by four inches. That's a true two by four. And the trees that were harvested were kind of more of an old growth. And so the rings were tighter. The um, actual timber was more structural. And you might even have the rectangular nails holding everything together yep. versus a 16 penny. So it and um, brickwork. So there used to be a lot more brickwork that was structural versus just a facade like we would have it now. Mm -hmm. So back to the blog, they changed out the awning windows. They changed out the siding a little bit, but they still kept that original look. This siding happened to be short plank horizontal siding. Mm -hmm. And it looks like they updated the exterior lighting too. They added some so that way you get that little bit extra security. So keeping an old traditional kind of overall palette or canvas to work off of and then inserting these more modern touches to it as well. Mm-hmm. So even painting the concrete, it looks like they did too. So that mm-hmm. way it kind of gives that fresh 
clean, crisp look. And the entry door being modern and Mm -hmm. um, having glass panels that match the new windows that were installed. But then, of course, the inside is really where you can take over. Uh, One of the trends that we've been finding after the uh, pandemic is even if you've got large spaces, the hot trend is to have partial divider walls. Or how can you divide the space? Right. You know, do we do it with the furniture and just kind of angle furniture just a little bit different so that way you can get that separation? Or do you hang things? I'm not saying we're going back to the beaded curtains, but, you know, if we did panels. Right. A frosted panel that's being hung from the ceiling so that way you do get that separation, but it's not a thick four-inch wall. You're not losing that floor space. Right. Or like the Japanese soji screen, you know, Mm -hmm. the... the trifold quadfold screens um in this example in the blog they've actually hung mirrored glass tiles off of um it looks like steel wire yeah from the ceiling so combine that with some architectural lighting you know that's a really interesting way to divide some space Mm -hmm. the kitchen we always come back to the kitchen and food we always do which is the heart of the home Mm -hmm. so updating a kitchen again you can meld both the um, 100-year-old architecture with modern finishes. I think stainless steel is always going to be part of our appliances. I mean, it just fits. It's easy to clean. It's a little bit industrial, but I think everybody can enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And it also goes good with solid surface countertops. Right. The uh, glass railing can add a lot of open space to the outside, but still keep the protection up. So the glass railing in our outdoor spaces, like on our decks, really keeps that that open transition between, you know, the outdoor space. You can just see clearly and it's not obstructed by wooden railings or metal railings. Right. So what else do you like about this deck area? Well, I'm kind of digging the the patio table because it does have like the the hanging. So there's, it looks like it, the start of a clothesline on the patio on the table there. So that way you can hang stuff from there. So if you weren't using it, you can still hang all of your potted plants and still have something pretty to look at. Yeah. So they, they took, it looks like a redwood table and a sturdy structure that would be on a a outdoor patio. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely a beefy table. Oh yeah. And then taking some, looks like wrought iron poles, and um, maybe about an inch and a half diameter poles and run those vertically and then connected them with a horizontal runner across the top. Right. It looks really pretty. Again, to get that, that height. Mm-hmm. So if you're hanging some, some plants, you can have your, your herb garden hanging. Or maybe some ornamental lighting. Mm-hmm. Very true. An outdoor space with the uh, citronella candles, perhaps. And of course, as it gets... Toward nighttime, toward dusk. I believe this is looking, this next picture is looking from the sink, from the kitchen outside. Onto that deck again with those Mm -hmm. panels, those clear panels for the decking. You can see right on out to the water. You get that nice clean view versus having those lines in between. And having the kitchen window right in front of the sink is quite traditional and practical as well. It is. Uh, We see in many houses that their casement windows. Uh, This one happens to be uh, perhaps a a non-functional, but just standard glass panel. That way you can get a larger view that's uninterrupted. Mm -hmm. A little bit more expensive, but if your house is designed with a good ventilation and heating and air conditioning system, you don't need the window to open for function. Right. And it looks like we got some nice solar solar lighting out on the patio yet too. So I'm really good. I love... Solar powered lights out on the deck, out on throughout the yard. It just adds something to it late at night. So it looks like we took the kind of super small bathroom and we took out the big tub and did a walk in shower. So that way, a little bit more functional. Right. And then lighting as well in different, different layers. Mm-hmm. So there's different types of lighting, there's task lighting. There's general ambiance lighting, which is you know, kind of mood lighting. Mm-hmm. 
And then there's uh, lighting that's just completely general lighting that's meant to illuminate the space overall. So the task lighting being close to what you're doing, like the bathroom mirror in this case. Right. Um, and it looks like they're accomplishing some of that here with uh, uh, against the white subway tile walls. They've got a large oval mirror that's hung like a, a picture-framed mirror. But then the uh, mirrored back... Wall sconces. Wall sconces, like you would see in a farmhouse. Mm-hmm. Kind of harken back to the oil lamp days. Right. Yeah. I think it's kind of interesting. It is. And I'm just kind of wondering if we've got some low LED lights that are not turned on yet, because I know that's starting to kind of make a comeback where in some kitchens you see that underneath, like where the toe kick area is, that there's always some lighting there. So that way at night you can turn that on and it's not super bright, but it just adds enough little extra light that makes the kitchen a wow factor. And now everybody's far more comfortable with ordering things off the internet and just have it magically delivered to your door. It's great. And there are so many resources to find um, different lighting styles and you can actually really, really narrow it down to the fixtures that you want. Mm -hmm. Um, I think not gone completely, but I'll, the days of going to a specific lighting store that had, you know, 5,000 square feet of light fixtures hanging from the display ceiling. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Well, right. you're even seeing in, in Home Depot, Lowe's, all those, the box stores, that section is now starting to get a little bit smaller. Right. That kind of goes back to the, you need to be in the space to understand how it fits. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to order something off the internet site on scene and understand that it might not actually be the size you need. Right. Too big or too small. Um, actually going to the bedrooms now with these next pictures, the nice coffered ceiling. Looks like there's some skylights perhaps. Um, and lighting again, having pendants or chandeliers as part of your lighting package. Mm -hmm. And if you've got, again, that, that good HVAC system where it's hidden, but very efficient. You don't really need ceiling fans. So hanging something else from the ceiling. Now, are, are you a ceiling fan? Fan? I am a huge fan person. Uh, grew up without air conditioning, so we always slept with fans on. So I'm used to having a fan on. And yes, I'm one of those people who would sleep in the middle of winter with a fan on. Because I, I like that, the air movement. It's the way the air doesn't get so so stuffy. Sure. It just, there's something about it that grew up with ceiling fans and with fans going during the summertime, and I really enjoy it. And I don't mind it as a concept. I just don't like having my, my sinuses dried out by the moving air. So I think managing moving air with humidity levels would be important. Mm -hmm. So for, for comfort. Uh, here's another one, having an electric fireplace, you know, it looks like for ambiance. Right. Not sure how much that puts out heat, but, you know, how do you feel about a fireplace in the bedroom? Oh, I would love it. Would you like a, a wood fireplace with a snap, crackle, pop, or just the dancing lights? Oh, give me a, a, give me a full burning fireplace all the time. I don't like the work that goes into them. Right. And neither does your insurance company. <laughs> and my insurance company doesn't really like them either, but um, I loved it. I mean, grew up uh, about two houses ago. We had freestanding fireplace in the corner. My children grew up with a wood-burning fireplace. They loved it. Um, there's nothing like wood heat. I absolutely love it and really do miss it. But if I had a choice between keeping my insurance company and having a fake fireplace where I can make the flames turn different colors and I can have a rainbow flame. I would pick that. I'd be okay with it. That'd be kind of neat. It would be kind of neat. <clears throat> but if you gave me the choice of the real thing or a fake, I'd take the real. And I think a lot of people would as well. Mm -hmm. huh, get it? A lot of people would. <laughs> I know. Okay. Um, so the biggest thing to take away here is when you're decorating a very much older home, a century old home, is to take into account the architecture that's in the space. 
Yep. We're going to take an account of the ar- architecture and making sure that we're not getting the super small item to put in a very large space or the very large item in a small space. We need to be very conscious of this. And if you're not really sure how to decorate it, um, we just found out that Ashbeck Interiors up in Rudolph, uh, Justin would be happy to come over and take a look and kind of help drive how to decorate and the things that we need to be looking at as far as how to decorate. Even just someone to come in who doesn't live in the space and sort of to help give get you an idea of what could be in the space. Mm-hmm. Um, even seeing what is there and going, well, if you move this to the other side, it would be magical and it would really open up the space or close it off or make it a different function. And we kind of found that out at the last house. We had the fridge as soon as you came in from the garage, kind of right there in your face. And we eventually just moved it to the other side of the kitchen and it opened it up. And it was quite nice because you weren't coming into like very narrow spaces because the fridge wasn't there to block that eyesight. So another thing that comes from the National Association of Realtors is sort of a segment called Hot or Not, again, with with staging and styling. All right. So some items that might be hot and trendy or not. Um, So mid-century modern... You know, back in the 50s, and it's really a, a, a style both architecturally and with furnishings, mm-hmm. you know, light fixtures, all that stuff. So, um, like the, the style of furniture from mid-century modern, mm-hmm. everything comes into cycles. Do you think that's currently hot or not? I'm going to go with it. It's going to be hot. Actually, it was hot, but it's not anymore. Oh, really? Right. So 2019, 2020, the mm-hmm. mid-century modern style of furniture, you know, the, the low slung, clean lines, uh, pencil legs was very trendy, but now people are moving into more of the uh, chunkier styles, still so more modern. Oversized? And, uh, a little bit more modern industrial size. Oh, okay. Um, and of course, everything coming around again, the next trend is probably going to be the oversized furniture so our furniture is going to be in right but just like fashion as far as clothing fashion goes if you wore it the first time probably shouldn't wear it the second time around i mean kind of happened with spandex and stirrup pants very true and now you're looking at fashion again it's going back from the 70s we're seeing you know flare leg bell bottom jeans you know Big poofy stuff. I'm waiting for the MC Hammer pants to come back. I don't think they'll come back. Oh, I'm hoping so. We've got probably another 15 years if the the trends are on point. They're really comfortable. I'm, I'm just saying. Okay. We'll just leave it at that. Yep. So what else do you think we got going? Because I'm... I'm good. You're good. So we're not, so our oversized furniture, I know pretty soon we do have to replace our couch. So kind of looking at some, some things for, for a couch of, we're now looking at maybe it doesn't need to be that oversized twin size couch, but maybe something a little bit smaller, maybe a little bit taller. So it's a little bit easier to get in and out of. As we grow older, we have different needs. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, the the couch being as huge as it was, was certainly comfortable as another bed just because it's so wide. But yeah, it's getting a little bit difficult to get in and out, isn't it? It is. Just kind of like sinks right into it. It's like, I don't want the day to start. I'm just on the couch. Read a good book, you know, it'll just keep you there for hours. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll we'll have to find new furniture every now and then. Um, And it goes with beds as well, mattresses and box springs. You really should consider about every eight years to switch those around. Okay. Um, Bed frames go in and out of style as well. I think once you find a style that you like, you just kind of stick with it. So now you like the sleigh bed style. I do. Now, that, that whole 
style has many variations as well. I'm more of the traditional style of the sleigh bed. Um, so the bed that's in our extra room, that's kind of like the style that I really, I do like. Um, but unfortunately, oh, I mean, we, we have the one and I only need one. So we have it. So I'm not too, I'm not too picky, but I do like a bed frame around the mattress. I'm not a, here's a mattress in a room and that's it. Let's just feel like you should have a little bit more. How about dust ruffles? No. Okay. <laughs> that was really quick, wasn't that? <laughs> that was very good. Now, remember, you can only sleep in one bed at a time. You you can. Yep. And our sleigh, the sleigh bed, that's for our guest room. And uh, when the guests do come over, they get the joy of sleeping in the sleigh bed. I can go look at it. The cat seems to like it. So Fox sleeps in there more often than not. That's her favorite bed to sleep on. And it's got a different mattress as far as firmness and style as well. So it's got a, a different feel to it. And I know sometimes when your back is acting up, you know, that's another option to go sleep on a different mattress. Mm-hmm. That really, you know, the, the stuff that we sleep on really has an effect on our, our body and our posture and, and pillows. Pillows are a huge thing as well. Right. Firm pillows, soft pillows, all that jazz. thing that we're going to kind of talk a little bit about is a lot of times we get the question of do you work what area do you work do you have a certain territory to work in real estate and my favorite answer is my license covers the whole entire state of Wisconsin so as long as it's in Wisconsin I can and will travel for you Um, but we just recently we took a listing up in the Wausau area and the nice thing is you know we're, we're helping out family and so we're, we're selling a, a house up in the Wassa area and it's a very beautiful home. And it, you just recently went and took the, the picture. So we're going to talk a little bit about this, this home for the next couple minutes here because it is a great home. So it, it just recently came on, on the market, came on the market on Friday and this is airing on Sunday, so and of course these these shows are pre-recorded, so there's right. there's a little bit of a delay here, but right, but it's still it's a new home, so mm-hmm. you know Wasa's not really. I mean, we'll we'll travel to Wasa. This is a special occasion that we're we're listing this particular home, but we have shown homes up in the Wasa area, so we do know know a little bit about that area. You have family up there, obviously, because I just said that we're doing this for family. Um, but this is a very beautiful split level ranch home and three bedrooms. I'm going to see if I can remember all this stuff, right? So I'm looking for you to nod of, yes, that's correct. Well, it's almost a four bedroom. Right. Um, one of the modified family room spaces, they um, put in a separate wall and it does have heat and an egress window and a closet. So it's it's four bedrooms. It's four bedrooms. Technically, I think we're only marketing it as a three because that's... Um, a pseudo temporary wall space. Right. They, they needed it for a particular reason. So they just quickly put up two walls, took out, took over a corner in the family room in the basement. But this is one, this is a little bit unusual because walking in from the garage, we actually have access to the house through the garage. Right. It comes into the lower level of the garage, which is really great. Most times when we see a split level ranch, there's not much of an access into the house. You usually have to go out the garage and around the house to get into it. But this is really nice that you do have that room in the basement. And it kind of created a little bit of a mudroom to kind of catch everything before it all traveled. And there was a full bathroom in the basement. Correct. Full bathroom in the basement, full bathroom up on the main level as well. Right. So we're doing pretty good there. So snow pants and everything like that can come off. And, you know, if you need a quick take a shower, you could without taking everything throughout the whole entire house. Um, so yeah, it was really, really neat. And the very unique thing about this home is the, I'm going to call it the child gate. 
I don't want to call it a baby gate because right now the current family that's in there, they don't have any babies, but their children are a little bit older. I think they're in kindergarten, first grade, something like that. But they have a really neat child gate that swings into the little knee wall. Mm-hmm. So when it's not in use, you can hide it. But when you do need it and you don't want the kids to go downstairs or you don't want the dog to come upstairs, you can kind of swing that in and it can be up. So I thought that was kind of a neat, a unique gate. Yeah. And then you don't have this plastic thing anyway at the top of the stairs. Right. And if it's shoved all the way in the way that they made it, it's a looks like a very seamless piece. Nothing's really hanging out. It almost looks like a pocket door almost. Right. So I thought that was really a really cool cool thing. It's somewhat of an open concept on the main floor um, because the kitchen and dining room, it's not quite an eat-in kitchen, but the uh, it, it just flows from one to the next very seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then around the corner, you've got the main living space up in the upper level, uh, two bedrooms and a full bath in the upper level as well. Mm-hmm. And it's really nice. It's a corner lot. Corner lot on a cul-de-sac. On a cul-de-sac, yeah, too. And the really nice thing is the backyard is fully fenced in. So that way, if you need to have, you know, keep the kids contained or keep the pets contained, you can. And then they also have some area of their yard that's not fenced in. So -hmm. if you wanted to be able to play volleyball or something without having to be in the fenced in area, you could, you have that option as well. And we're excited about it. The, uh, the spot is is pretty unique. It's in a subdivision that was built mostly in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, Remountain overlooks this particular area. So I believe it's kind of on the uh, south side of the mountain. But it's really easy access to get into um, the interstate off of Highway N. And I know that part of Remountain is, is being built up there. Um, so easy access to the Red Robin and the Texas Roadhouse. Uh, if you happen to be working up in Briggs, soft serve is nearby. Exactly. So it's, you know, friendly for taking a bike ride around and go to get ice cream at the end of the night. It's close to the highway. So you can get, you know, to your job if you travel north or south a little bit. Well, and the thing, you know, you mentioned the highway, you can hardly tell that it's close to the highway. The noise is there, but it's not... You, you don't hear it consistently enough. You know, if you're outside having a family activity out there, the noise doesn't really, it's not like, oh, wow, I'm two blocks away from the highway. So that, that's, that's the nice thing about of, of the location. It's, you're not on the highway, but you know it's there. Well, it, it takes about five minutes to actually get to the interstate. Mm-hmm. So, but it, it's in a, a, like I said, a great location um, as far as north and south on I-39 uh, for the access so that you can, if you want to go up to Merrill, maybe you work, you know, up north Merrill or Tomahawk, or if you want to go down to Gander Mountain and the Harley-Davidson dealership, you know, that's just down there, that Rothschild Cornerwetter exit. And it's not that far away from Stevens Point. I mean, the commute between Wassa and Point has been done by many, many people for many, many years. Mm-hmm. My, my aunt was one of them. Not the owner of this house. She she lives in a different one. On a different part of the Rib Mountain. Yeah. Okay. And being close to Rib Mountain, you've got all of the um, ski trails and all of the the hiking trails. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the park services. There's the uh, Nine Mile Forest, which if you catch County N and zip up there, so cross country skiing and hiking. Well, I know that Target's only two miles away from the house. Right. So that's, you know, shopping is very close to this particular location. So that's always very, very helpful, especially if you got a younger family. Or if you're just looking for a little bit bigger space on a, you know, somewhat secluded cul-de-sac. And there's a lot of neat little parks that are near the house too. So I think every single time we've gone over there, there's always been, you know, kids playing basketball at the basketball hoops. And it's been kind of, I think it is the same kids every single time that we drive by. It could be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's definitely an opportunity. It's it's not our our home neck of the woods here in the Wisconsin Rapids area, but we do know a little bit about 
most places in the state. Yeah, and if we don't, we always make sure that we hook our, our buyers up with the Chamber of Commerce for that area to get, you know, more detailed information about that that property or that area. Right. And I mean, like I said, I, I pretty much grew up going up to the Wasa area and I spent a couple summers working up there as well. So it, if you have questions about that or if you're curious that you know, maybe this is another option if you're working at Students Point and you want to go up north. Hey, maybe consider it. Right. Now, one of the neat things that um, we did kind of as research, now a JR, our broker, kind of gave the sideways look like the Wasa market. We're like, yeah, it's family, but uh, we can look at pricing strategy as well. <clears throat> So even though we're not living in that area and doing a lot of deals in that area, so, you know, we're not as familiar with the pricing strategy, it was kind of refreshing once we really looked at it that that Wasser Red Mountain area is about on par as where Wisconsin Rapids is. Yes. So for the type of house, the size of house on lot, um, how it's furnished and fixed up, is about what we're seeing in Wisconsin Rapids, maybe just a little bit more, five five to 8% more as far as price. Maybe just a little bit, you know, depending upon the location, so. Mm-hmm. But then you compare it to Stevens Point, which is on the interstate and is growing. It's not quite as established, especially the Plover market. Mm-hmm. Compare the Plover market to Rapids and the Plover market is almost 20% higher than we are. Right. So, I, I think it's perhaps even a good option if you're working in Stevens Point and you've got interest up north. You know, maybe a family cabin is up north. You know, consider checking out the Wasa area. Um, there's also a lot of smaller communities in between as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, excellent. So that's a little bit about our current listing that we have that's going to be be ready to be shown and Hopefully you guys get a chance to take a look at the pictures that Ben has done for them. And the 360 tour. And the 360 tour. Mm We need to do the Blossom Fest um, wrap up. Wrap up. There we go. So, how did that go? We had we, so we had lunch by the river, which was awesome on Thursday. Really great food. Um, so Friday was the carnival, along with the dairy berry breakfast, which was again held over at the Elks Lodge. That was very fantastic. Very much enjoyed my time over there and had a great breakfast. And the carnival did last all weekend. It did. We did not go and get ice cream or get our vision checked. No, because I think there was a lot of napping going on and we had a little bit of real estate that we needed to take care of. So unfortunately, we weren't able to partake in the ice cream, but we uh, we found some here at the house. We were quite tired. Yes, yes. And Saturday was the Blossom the- uh, Craft and Vendor Show. On Grand Avenue. On Grand Avenue. And that was a lot of fun. We got to be smack dab in the center of the road and really enjoyed it. Got to meet a lot of people. Talked with a lot of past buyers who were super thrilled and just really happy that they were able to work with us. And we raffled off our sign that we got over at Ashbeck Interiors. Oh, fantastic. The uh, the laundry room. The laundry room laundry sign. Room sign. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that was raffled off this morning. So Sue Marco um, won that. So that was really great. She was super excited. This was the first time she ever won anything. And she just moved into a new apartment and she thought that would be a perfect addition to her decorating her brand new place. Well, that's so much fun. I know. It was really great talking with Sue. So hopefully she... Did find her sign this afternoon, and um, she got that up hanging in her laundry room. 
Cool. And we had the mobile office down there? We did. We had the mobile office. So the Chamber of Commerce used that for their informational booth. And that really worked out really well for them. So I think we're going to be doing that again in the fall for the Grand Affair. Yep. The, this uh, Cranberry Fest, we had the air conditioning cranked up for them. So, mm-hmm. you know, if someone wanted to get out of the sunshine, that was a convenient place to go. You're never quite sure what the weather's going to be like. No. So usually those festivals and fairs like that, it can get pretty sweltering. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to make sure that was available. Yep. And then Sunday we had the parade and it was so great to see everybody at the parade. Hopefully you were able to see us. It was good to be in a parade again and, and have these activities going on. Mm-hmm. Hand out candy. We did. And we're, we're going to be making plans for next year of a little bit more, more candy. candy. Yeah. So we're going to, we're definitely going to be in the parade again next year and we're looking forward to that. We definitely do want to do a nice big shout out to the Wisconsin Rapids Police Department for all of their help throughout the weekend of, you know, with the road closures that we had and making sure that all the event goers were were safe as they were crossing roads. So a big shout out to the Rapids PD. Thank you so much for doing that. And then also, too, for the Chamber of Commerce. They did an excellent job again this year for planning that. I know the CVB had a little hand in that, too. So, I mean, it's nice to see those two groups work together to put on a festival. It was an all hands on deck sort of weekend. It was. And it it's just going to promote the area and get people to our local businesses. I mean, there's nothing really bad to be said about having an event like this. No. And really with this being the first event coming off of the pandemic, it was really great to see everybody who did come out to take a look and to enjoy the, the, the city again. So that was really great to see everybody show up. Yeah, we had a lot of familiar faces. Mm-hmm. I forgot how many people are around, actually. You know, spent a year cooped up in the house because I was told to. So now we're getting out. Well, and everybody's enjoying the fact that they can get out. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, the, the main thing is to get out and do, do things at your comfort level. So, you know, definitely get out. Definitely get in, in that comfort level back of where you're going to be be at. And it was really great to see some of the puppies that were at the uh, Southwood County Humane Society walk. Some of those puppies came to Blossom Fest. So it was great to see some of those happy faces again. Um, and also the dog owners as well. We had to explain how we knew their animal. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's right. You were there. So, but it was really great to see the little puppies out again. It is fantastic. It is. And I think the, uh, what we were talking with Carolyn the, uh, last week, a week before, something like that, uh, the Humane Society with their walk, and that turned out pretty well that mm-hmm. week before with the uh, bluegrass at the lake. Yeah. So yeah, the, the summer's rolling full steam ahead. Yes, it is. What activities, what events are next? Kind of in the grand scheme of things. I know water ski weekend is coming up. Right. And then we got Corn Fest in Kellner. Mm-hmm. So we got a lot of really neat events coming up here and definitely check out the calendar events either at the Chamber's website or I believe our website also has it at MyRapids.com. MyRapids.info. There we go. I know there's a MyRapids something. You betcha. So, you know, definitely take a look at that. So Ben, how do they get a hold of me? Because I'm going to mess this up. Well, we got the social media. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty fun. Um. I do the Facebook and the Instagram. And then we've got MyRapids.com. So if they're curious about current listings, um, that'll take you right to the uh, Codal Banker Seaward page. Okay. Uh, they can find out more about you there as well, where the little drop-down links, you can choose from like bio and blog and listen to the podcasts and um, a whole number of other things. Find out where the local schools are in the area and stuff to do. Excellent. And if you have questions or comments, send us an email, myrapidsradio at gmail.com. Okay. And then I believe you have a phone. I do have a phone. And and your phone has a couple of apps on it. So you can use the phone app and call you. At Mm 715-323-2577. Or you can use the texting app, the SMS messenger. Mm-hmm. Same phone number, 
So yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you said, we work all around the state. So if you want to locally sell your house here in the Wisconsin Rapids area, definitely be able to help you with that. Mm -hmm. And if you're looking to move around the state, we can help you with writing offers to purchases and getting a house purchased anywhere in the state. So we might not be as knowledgeable about every part of the state as we are here locally. But we know people who know people. Exactly. So we'll definitely hook you up if it's a diff- if it's if you want to go move to the lacrosse area. We know people in the lacrosse area that we can definitely get you hooked up with, so that way you can get to know that area really well. Right. A lot of it comes down to knowing where to look for the information too. Like you said, the chamber of commerce in the areas. Um, a lot of community groups. You know, you're involved with a lot of community service groups that mm-hmm. have um, membership and branches all throughout the state and the country. Right. So I think on one of these podcast and radio shows, we should get more of the uh, the presidents of these clubs to sit down. Oh my goodness, that could be so much fun. It really could be. So, I mean, Carolyn was a, a lioness. Mm-hmm. So we talked about that with her. And, you know, those service groups to get into, especially if you're new to the area or moving to a different area, consider, consider joining a local community group for sure. All right. Sounds good. So we're about coming down to our the end of our second hour. We've just a few minutes left. Is there anything else, Carrie, that you want to touch on here? You know, I should probably wish my two boys a very happy birthday. So Matt and Tyler, I know that they had their birthdays this last weekend, or at least Matthew did, and Tyler's is coming up. So happy birthday, boys, and so proud of both of you. Very good. All right. Well, you guys all have a great Central Wisconsin day and we'll talk with you later. Bye-bye.